Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Nashville Life. Uh, I want to first introduce myself. My name is Alvin, pastor here, lead pastor. If it's your first time with us, we're glad you're here. Uh, I enjoyed seeing uh, Matt and Christy up there. I'm pretty sure, I think they were a one take, our only one take host. They, they went upstairs to go tape it, and I, I think I might have blew my nose, and then came, they were, they were already done. I was like, wait, y'all are done? They said, yeah, they did it one take. So pros, Matt and Christy. I am not a one taker, just so you know. The things that you see from me, there's a lot of bloopers in those. So um, anyway, glad you y'all are here. Uh, we are starting out uh, the next Series, we are in September. Wow, September. And I want to talk to you guys, but before we do, let's all talk together and do this declaration. So repeat these words after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. I've got some authority today. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. The more I give life, the more I'll receive. The more I live life, the more I'll believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so we're ready to receive the word, and it's a good day because we are talking about faith today. We are talking about faith. Um, we need faith uh, in a lot of ways. I think, just so you know, I'm preaching this month 100% out of, out of my own life and my own heart. Um, you guys have probably guessed that we imagined we'd be in our new building um, by now, and I'm having to really exercise uh, faith because uh, it's just, it's taken longer than I thought. And it's tougher when you, when you have things that are happening not your way and not the way, you, uh, not the way you plan. It can be discouraging if you're not careful. And faith is, is our tool. It's our shield from discouragement. It's our shield from despair. It's our shield from frustration. And the Lord is telling me that I have to exercise my faith. Just so you guys know, there's this one thing. Like we, this building is totally finished. There's just one issue with, with uh, the beam construction. We've got these steel beams that are going to be in the auditorium above our heads where uh, they're going to, the lights and speakers are going to hang from these steel beams. And there's just this big back and forth between the contractor and the architect about the way the beams should go. And uh, this one aspect is really the only reason why we're not in there right now. So I don't this, this, I had no idea that something as basic as a steel beam would, would, would be such a significant piece. But just so you know, as soon as we get to the bottom of this and figure out the best way to secure everything, we're, we're going to be in here. But until then, we're going to use that, that word right here, faith. And that's just trusting that, that uh, even though we can't see it yet, even though we're not in there yet, it's happening. It's happening. Um, another reason why we should use faith right now, because we're about to start an incredible semester of life groups. Something that I've been waiting to get back into for a while. I love life groups. It's my probably primary, like my number one passion, I would say, probably as far as with the church. Because I just love what it facilitates. I love the community. I love the, uh, the ability to, to learn in, in smaller groups. I just think it's, uh, it's something that you just don't get when you come here. Don't get me wrong. This is great. I love the mass assembly but I also love when we get to break up into smaller groups. Um, and I, I think it's important that we approach this semester with faith, uh, expecting the best, expecting for, for what we're hoping for. When it comes to faith, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but you've got to ask yourself, what do I hope for? What do, I, what do I hope this semester of life groups will be for me? What do I hope that this fall semester will be for the church? What do I hope that this fall semester will be for the city of Nashville. And whatever you're hoping for, that's, that's the substance of your faith. So, so we have to make sure we identify what we're believing for, what we're hoping for, so that we can walk by faith into this life group semester. And that's what I'm doing. I'm, 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 I'm very expectant. Uh, faith is, is it's, it's, it's everything. Faith is fundamental to life. 
Faith is universal. Faith transcends religion. I don't think faith is subjected to to any particular belief. Faith uh, is something that all of us use, whether we believe in certain things or not. Faith is is something that we all do. And I think the most basic example of how faith is universal and probably one of the most basic ways that the most uh, every individual person uses faith to at least this degree is, is breathing. Breathing is, is one of the kind of main examples of the most general way to use faith. You, you know, you can't see it, but you, you still exercise the, the truth that oxygen is here. And it's there, and that's why we breathe. Even though we can't see the air, we're breathing it because we believe it's there. And because we believe it's there, we inhale. And, and to me, an example to prove that faith is needed to breathe is, uh, is claustrophobia. Claustrophobia is even though there is oxygen, I don't believe that there is, and therefore I can't breathe. So, so when, you, when you are claustrophobic, you, you have a belief system that's telling you there's not enough air in this space for me. And even though there is, you can't breathe. So it shows without faith, I use that example of claustrophobia because without faith, all you see are limitations. All you see is I can't breathe. I can't do it. Even though they're telling me that there's enough air in this elevator, I can't breathe. And I, I, there's not enough air for me to breathe in it and you can't do it. On the opposite side, faith opens up a world of possibilities. Without faith, you, you only see the limits. But with faith, there's a world of endless possibilities. Um, the title of the, mess, of the series, I should say, is called The Faithful Ones. The Faithful Ones is the title of our series. And it's, it's one big invitation to be Count it among the faithful ones. In life, there are the faithless ones, but then there are the faithful ones. And I would love for, for this entire room to be counted among the faithful ones. We're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 11. And that's, I think I plan to go through this whole chapter through the month. Um, today, I'm only going through verse 1 through 11. But uh, Hebrews, is, Hebrews 11 is a great chapter about faith. Um, and I pray that by the end of this chapter, we will be faithful people. Um, the first question I have today is, what is faith? What is faith? There's a very uh, popular, well, uh, often referred to definition of faith. Hebrews 11 Verse 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That was the New King James Version. I pulled up another version, the American Standard Version, just because it gives you a little variation of wording. It says, now faith is assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. So I'm going to try to break this definition down a little bit. And, and the first part is we see that faith is a substance slash assurance. And this represents the materialization. It's the, the manifestation, the, this tangible aspect, the, the fuel, the engine, the starter uh, the, the part of what you hope for, that's, that's a sure bet to you. It's, it's, it's the support. It's, it's, the, it's the material that you need to make the first step towards what you're hoping for. Um, that's what the substance is. We, we need um, a step to stand on when we're walking in faith. And if, if it makes any sense, faith provides this, this substance, this this support, this, this uh, materialization for what we're hoping for. And, it, and for all of us, it's, it's different things, but it's some sort of substance for us to feel uh, motivated enough 
to take a step towards what we're hoping for. Um, the second thing it says, it's the substance of things hoped for. And the things that you hope for are the things that you want. Um, the things that you want to achieve in life, uh, who you hope to marry in life, how much money you hope to make, who you hope God is, what you hope he can do for you, what you hope you can do for him, the person that you hope to become one day, the kind of parent that you would like to be. Fill in the blank. Whatever it is you want is what you hope for. Whatever it is you desire, no matter how selfish or how noble that it is, what you hope for is what you want. You know, uh, if you're going out to eat with somebody, you, I hope we get to go to fill in the blank. You know, so I want to make it very simple. What you hope for is what you want. Um, and then it says it's the evidence or conviction. Evidence or conviction. That speaks to uh, proof. The proof uh, that it's, that's needed for you to believe that something is true. All of us have different degrees of proof or evidence that we need before we can believe something's true. Whether it's, you know, solving a crime mystery or hearing something about, uh, I don't know, some Guinness Book of World Records uh, thing that was broken or some amazing feat that happened or some distance or some short time that someone ran a long distance. Whenever we hear things, all of us have different levels of evidence that we need before we can believe that that is true. Um, another word that we see is conviction. Uh, conviction is whatever it takes, that thing that it takes for you to finally own that uh, something is true. Whether it's I feel convicted that Jesus is Lord. I, I, I have a conviction that that's true. Or I have a conviction that I'm guilty in that area. Uh, conviction can look various ways. Um, but my point is, when it comes to evidence and when it comes to conviction, all of us have different things that it takes for us to reach that point. Um, some people, you know, to believe that God is love, all they have to do is see it in the text. Uh, for others to believe that God is love, they had to, I don't know, get that job they were praying for. I don't know. All of us have different things that we need to make us go, okay, I believe it now. Um, and then it says, it's the evidence and the conviction of things not seen, of whatever you can't see. Hope, by definition, is what you can't see. The Bible says the minute you can see something, it's not hope anymore. You can only hope in what you haven't seen yet and what hasn't happened yet. So, so that's the definition that Scripture gives us of faith. And if I can paraphrase, I'm, I'm, I was like, what, what's, what does all that mean? And, and the best way that I can sum it up is it's, Faith is, is a, a right now optimism for what you can't see yet. To be faithful is to have a right now, a current, like immediate right now optimism for what you can't see yet. Faith is a right now optimism for what you can't see yet. And to be faithful, guys, the title of the series is The Faithful Ones. So it's possible to have faith and not be faithful. Faithful is to be full of this right now optimism of what you haven't seen yet. I don't know if you guys know how the English language works, but yeah, wonderful means it's full of wonder. Meaningful means it's full of meaning. Insightful means it's that person is full of it. We all got a degree of insight, but insightful people are people who are full of insight. So though we might have different degrees of faith, and I believe that everyone here does, the Bible says that all of us are given a measure of faith. Every single person here has the capacity, at least in the slightest bit, to be optimistic for what they haven't seen yet. 
But the series is inviting you to be a part of the faithful ones, the ones who are full of this right now optimism for what we haven't seen yet. We're going for the fullness, guys. This month we are going for the fullness of faith. So sometimes we got to know. The second thing I want to talk about faith is uh, faith requires an object. Faith must be attached to an object. And that object is what you're hoping for. All right? So faith doesn't just exist in itself. There has to be a faith in something or faith for something or faith about something. It has to be attached to an object. And that object is what you're hoping for. So let's give some examples. If your hope is to win the lottery, then faith is the substance that allows you to believe that that's possible and it's the evidence that you need to continue buying ticket after ticket after ticket after ticket after ticket. Now, many, including myself, would argue that that is not the wisest place to put your faith. However, there are many people who are full of faith about winning the lottery. And the proof that they have faith is that they purchase ticket after ticket after ticket after ticket. Even though it hasn't happened yet, they still pay that however much it costs. I never bought one before, so I don't, I don't know the price. But whatever it is that it costs, they pay it. And that's the proof of their faith because faith without works is what? There you go. So it applies regardless. This is universal, guys. This is not just a Christian thing. Faith is universal. Let's say your hope is that a, re a relationship will work. Um, and, and, and your faith in that situation, since you're hoping that that relationship will work, your, your faith is the substance that, that, that makes you, that allows you, I should say, to hope for the best for this particular relationship. And the evidence that it's going to work out could be various things. It could be that she's just so pretty. How could this not work? It could be he's just so tall. How could this not work? We all have degrees of evidence. There's, a, there's something about him or her that is the evidence, even though it hasn't worked out yet, and even though you haven't seen what 10 years will look like yet, all of us have the evidence that we need that can give us the conviction that this relationship will work. And the action that we do, because faith without works is dead, is we make commitments. We say, I love you. We invest uh, and spend money on gifts. We get married. We have children. All of these actions is the the is done out of this faith that uh, we want this relationship to work and that we hope that it will work. Um, let's use something as basic as I hope that I wake up tomorrow. We all, most of us hope, I hope most of us hope that we're going to wake up tomorrow. Even though it hasn't happened yet, it's still Sunday, it's not Monday yet, but we all have a hope. And, and, and since our hope is that we wake, we wake up tomorrow, faith is the substance that allows us to believe that. And the evidence that we haven't seen is that I woke up every morning this week. I've never not woken up. In the past 36 years, I've woken up. So that's the evidence that I choose to use to believe that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And the action that we, the way we walk out that faith is we plan, we plan. We have appointments tomorrow. We have trips tomorrow. We've got ribs, like, in the freezer right now. We've got, we've got things preparing for tomorrow because our faith is that we are all going to wake up. When we're driving, our hope is that everyone knows how to follow the traffic signs. And when it's a green light that we have a hope that everyone that's at the red light going the perpendicular way is going to stop. And the evidence that we choose to believe is that that's how most people drive. 
and you have to have a driver's license to drive. And when you get your driver's license, you have to go through training, including what traffic lights mean. So my the evidence and the substance that I have and the hope that I have is everybody that's at this intersection has a driver's license. Everybody knows how to see. They're not colorblind. And because I have faith, I'm going to press gas when, it, when it's green light and drive in the middle of all these cars, trusting that they're not going to hit me. Faith is not specific to Christianity. All of us use degrees of faith where we act on what we hope for. We live by what we hope for. Our calendars reflect hope. The fact that if you have an appointment tomorrow or next week, you have hope because nobody promised you tomorrow, but yet you plan as if it's happening. Why? Because you have faith and you have the substance and you have the necessary evidence that you need to plan for the next day. Hebrews 11 is about faith in a very specific object, and that is God. The faith that I want to talk to you about this month is faith in God. Now, remember, in order for it to be faith, it's, it's what you hope for. There has to be a hope. There has to be a hope if there's faith involved. So what do we hope when we have faith in God? There's two hopes that come with having faith in God. The first hope is that he exists. The first hope to have faith in God is that God exists. He's an actual person. He is alive and he is present. Second thing is that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The scripture says to have faith in God, you have to have hope in two things. And that is that he exists and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. I don't think the word diligently is there for no reason. It doesn't say for those who seek him. Remember what I said, a lot of people have insight, but not everybody is insightful. I think most people, if not everybody in this world, seeks God in some way or another, whether it's just going on hikes, whether it's looking at the sunset, whether it's astrology, what Everybody is seeking God in some sort of way. But who is diligently seeking him, that's who the reward is reserved for. The reward is reserved for those who diligently seek him. And the definition of diligent is steady. Everyone say steady. That means consistent. Earnest. And, and energetic effort. There's an enthusiasm that comes with diligence. There's an energetic quality that comes with diligence. Devoted and painstaking work and application to accomplish an undertaking. And in this context, the undertaking is to know God. So to have faith in God, guys, you have to understand this because if you don't have these two hopes, you might not have faith in God. To have faith in God is to believe that he exists. And then the second thing is you got to believe that he is a rewarder to those who do painstaking work and steady, energetic work to know him. Okay, that's faith. And again, the series is called Faithful, the faithful ones. So not only is to, to be faithful is to be full of what I just described. To be faithful, to, 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 to actually, uh, yeah, I'll say it, 
earn the title faithful. You've got to be full of faith. You don't get the title faithful if you, you know, use faith here and there. Or use faith on Sunday. Or use faith from 7 to 9 a.m. Faithful is reserved for those who are full of this faith. My next question to you guys is, can we be full of faith? My question to you all, and I'm counting myself, is it possible? Can we be full of faith? Is what I described, being full of this right now optimism in what hasn't happened yet, and this ability to believe that God is a diligent, I mean, is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him, and to be full of this thing called faith, is this, is this too much? Okay, cool. I agree. I don't think it's too much. My answer to that question, can we be full of faith, is yes. We can be full of faith. It is possible for us to be faithful. It is more than possible for us to be faithful. It is actually God's will for us to be faithful. And I don't think he wills impossible things. I don't think it's his I don't think God's will is something that's impossible. I mean, that would make no sense. God's will is for us to be faithful. So I believe that, yes, we can be full of faith. And I have two reasons why I know that. I have two uh, statements of evidence. One, every person, this is a fact, every person has been given a measure of faith. Every person, yes, that person, yes, that cousin, yes, that person that says they're an agnostic or they're an atheist, yes, every single person, because I just gave y'all at least four examples of faith that have nothing to do with Jesus. Every single person has at least a small ability, at least a small ability to be optimistic towards what they haven't seen yet. Every single person who's ever walked this planet has at least a small ability to be optimistic towards what they haven't seen yet. That's the Bible. God has given everybody, the key word is a measure. Now, did he say that everyone was full of faith? No, but he said that everyone has a measure of faith. And just so you know, Romans 12, 3 is what says that every man has been given a measure of faith. Um, again, it's not exclusive to Christianity. Like, kids, a lot of kids believe in Santa Claus. That's faith. They haven't seen him, but they believe that he's there. That's the way kids can show faith. That's an example of kids showing faith. An example of adults using faith are credit cards. And mortgages. We don't have the money yet. But are we optimistic that we're going to have it by the time we pay it? Yes. I'm telling you, everybody has a measure of faith. That's a financial peace plug for some of you guys who are putting your faith in that credit card and you shouldn't have. And you're paying for it. Come to financial peace. We'll, we'll help you out. Um, the second evidence I have that we can be faithful, the first one was that we, everyone has a measure of faith. The second one is many people have been faithful before. Many people before us have been faithful. Many people before us have been faithful. And I don't know about you guys, but it's comforting to know that people have gone before us and have done some of these things. I, you know, when I think of, uh, you know, first-time parents, you know, I'm sure there's times where it's really stressful and really difficult, but my hope is that the simple fact that you are a long line of people who've done this and that there are a gazillion of parents who successfully raised their kids, hopefully that, that, is, hopefully that gives you comfort 
in confidence that you're not, like, inventing the wheel here. This is not a groundbreaking uh, first-time thing. Uh, I know for me, pastoring, it's very helpful to have people who have not only survived year one, which I've still yet to do, um, but have survived 35 years of this. And it's, 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 or whether you're uh, in a, in venturing into a business or you're, getting, you're becoming a lawyer or becoming a doctor, it's, it's, it's helpful, guys. I don't think we realize how much we draw from the fact that it's been done before. And if it's been done before, then maybe it's possible for me. You know, if, 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 if that lady was a, was a great mom and raised four kids, maybe I can raise this one. You know, if that pastor endured all that and went through and, all, and stills pastoring after 35 years, maybe I can still make this year. You know, if, if whatever, fill in the blank. It helps to know that those who've gone before you. And there are many people, guys, who have been faithful before us. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2 says, for by it, talking about faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. And elders in this context means people who were older than us, people who've gone before us, the ancient ones, the saints of old, people from generations past. Hebrews 11 says that there are many people of the days of old who have lived by faith. And not only do they live by faith, but they obtain a good life. They all have great stories to tell because of this thing called faith. There are faithful people who have gone before us who have obtained a good testimony. And I'm given that news because, look, guys, humanity is humanity. And no matter how old and long ago someone was, if human beings were able to be faithful, guys, we have to take that as, well, if they can do it, I can do it. If, if, if they made that happen, I mean, that's, that's how, uh, and this is off topic, but that's how uh, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records always has to be updated because it's fuel for people to know what people have done before them. You know, if the, if the, if the longest someone ever threw a ball was however long distance and that's the record, then there's this innate thing in us, the ones who are coming after going, well, let's break that. And that's what happens. Like every year, records are broken. The most wins, the most home runs, because they all have that target. If the most home runs was that amount of number of season, well, then, well, look, look, what I could, what could I do? Like, okay, and, and, and we break it. It happens all the time. History, the, uh, the Bible even says the latter house will be greater than the former. Baseball players today are hitting records greater than what they hit in the 60s. Olympic runners are running faster than people ran in the 50s. Because if, you've, if you can draw from what's been done before, that has a way of saying what's possible with you. Man, if that person was able to do that many whatevers, I wonder what I could do. And we all, humanity always ends up moving the goalposts. We always end up setting the bar and raising the bar higher. So not only can we match the faithful of the days of old, I believe that we can surpass it. I mean, didn't Jesus say greater things? We're meant to break records, guys. We're meant to take what the ceiling was for the last person and go, let's push a little bit further. In the book of Acts, 3,000 people gave their lives to the Lord. Okay, y'all, we can take him. Let's, let's go for four. You know, like, that's, that's how this is supposed to work. It's even prophetic. The Bible says that the saints of old, look in, they, they looked into the future and go, man, these people are going to be incredible. They're going to break all of our records. They're going to surpass all of the faith that we thought we were doing. Man, they're going to do greater things. That's us, guys. So we have to remember that elders have gone before us. They obtained a good testimony. So now it's time for us. Now it's our turn. It's our generation's turn to be faithful. 
It's our generation's turn to be full of faith. So let's go back to the first reason why I knew that all of us could be faithful, why I believe, I should say, that all of us can be faithful, and that is every person has been given a measure. Everyone say a measure. Everyone is given a, a, a starting amount. Jesus uses analogy, an analogy uh, where he compares faith to a seed. We're going to start getting a little uh, technical here, but I'm telling y'all, everyone can do this. This is not about, well, am I called to faith or am I? I'm telling y'all, it's a lot more user-friendly than you think. And we have a lot more control over what our faith is than we think. I promise you, you'll be amazed at how much control you actually have over your level of faith. And I'm going to explain it to you. Everyone's given a measure. Everyone is giving, given a seed. And the thing about it is, is that measure is not guaranteed that, that measure is a lot. It is not guaranteed that that seed is big. In fact, Jesus said, even if it's the smallest seed possible, even if it's the smallest measure of faith, even if you only are given a fraction of an, a gram of faith, you're still qualified to, to be faithful. The way seeds work... The success and growth of a seed is reliant on the soil in which it's planted. So, I'm going to explain what I call, I guess, I'm going to call it the, the faithful equation. The faithful equation is a measure of faith plus God equals a full measure of faith. Let me explain. God represents what you're putting your faith in. In this case, God is the soil. So, a measure of faith plus my talents will equal maybe more faith. Maybe you can do something more with it. But there's no guarantee and there's no promise that you will reach full measure, faithful status. Have you heard the thing where it says some, uh, the scripture says some 30, some 60, some 100-fold? Faithfulness is when you reach 100-fold faith. It's when you're full of it. You're full to the max. So when you take a measure of faith, your ability to be optimistic on things, and you put it in your money, it's not going to produce the same as when you put it in God. When you take the measure of faith, your ability to be optimistic, and you put it towards uh, getting drafted uh, to go pro, you might be able to produce something, but it's not going to be the same fullness as when you put it in God. Pretty much, guys, the only object that can take your measure of faith to full measure status is God. The only object that can take your faith to a full measure, to faithfulness, is God. Any other object is going to fall short of the fullness of faith. Any other object that you attach your faith to, no matter how sure of a thing it is, the only thing that you can add and attach to your measure, that starting measure that you get, is God if you want to be full of faith. Let me explain. Hebrews 11, chapter 3, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. I'm still in Hebrews 11. It says, by faith we understand that God, that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I'm going to read that again. By faith we understand 
that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. This is why God is the only person who can take your measure of faith to the full status that we're trying to get to of faithfulness, the full measure. Is because a person who has faith in God is rewarded a scope that is so large that it ends up showing you the way the whole universe exists. When you have faith in God, you now see how your, your entire world and all the worlds are made. And you're given a perspective and a lens that the faith in your lottery ticket could never do. When, you're, when you have faith in something that is finite, something that is of this world, it doesn't, it still causes you to think small. But when you have faith in God, the scripture says that you understand. Everyone say understand. You understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Can we go back to Hebrews 3? I'm not quite there yet. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made of things which are visible. This is why faith in God increases our faith more than any other object of faith. Faith in God causes you to understand that everything that you see was made by what you don't see. And it changes the way you live your life. And that's, where the pos- that's why the possibilities for those who have faith in God are greater than anyone's. Because they understand that everything that I see is subjected to the God that I can't see. And you approach life totally different than if you believe the other way around. That the, what I see determines what I don't see. Faith in God teaches you that what I don't see is Lord over what I do see. And that is a perspective that no one gets unless their faith. That small measure that you're given is placed in God. And then that's what generates your faith and multiplies it to where you have great faith. The bigger God is, the smaller the world is, the more possibilities you entertain. When, you put, when your hope is in that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who dil- diligently seek him, What happens is the world that you live in gets a little bit smaller because your God created this world. So, you know, it's almost like uh, relativity. Like you think something is, you know, you see a three-year-old, you're like, put a three-year-old next to a one-year-old. You're like, oh, man, that three-year-old is big. And then you put a five-year-old next to that three-year-old. That three-year-old looks a lot smaller now. And then you put a six-foot person next to the three-year-old, that three-year-old is tiny. So size is, is, is relative. So the world is real big when we don't believe in God. It's overwhelmingly big. It's, it's consuming us. It can defeat us. Oh, my God, this world's out to get me. How many times have we said that? I feel like this world is just out to get me. I feel like I can't catch a break. We use these phrases as if the world really does have power over us. But when our faith is in God, we realize that the one who's going to, not only the one that exists, But the one who's going to reward me if I diligently seek him, he created this world. So the world is a really, really large place. But when you put it next to God, it's like, oh. And then you read scriptures that says that anyone who's born, again, conquers the world. That's where that comes from. You can't conquer the world if it's too big for you to conquer. You conquer the world when you realize the world is nothing compared to God. 
And all of a sudden, you find yourself able to do things and approach life in ways that you would never approached it. And that's, that's when you start to entertain possibilities. When you start getting faith in God, you start realizing, oh, my God, there's a lot that I can do. And many of us have had that story. We, we experience God, we place our faith in God, and we go, man, I wonder what else we can do. Um, I, think, I think that was, uh, that was a lot of our examples when we, when we received uh, Holy Spirit and, and we start experiencing how great God was. That's when we start going, man, we could take this city. We can take on this nation. We can take on this world. We can do this. We can win this entire place for God. Like, that comes from having faith in God. Last part. Hebrews 11, 4 through 5. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith. Faith is what allowed Abel to give a better sacrifice than Cain. They are two brothers in Genesis. Both of them gave an offering to God, and God considered Abel's offering more excellent than his brother's Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and though it he being dead still speaks. Let me talk really quickly about why Abel's offering was more excellent than God's. I mean, uh, Cain's, sorry. When you have faith in God, you understand that scripture before it said that everything uh, that is visible was made by the invisible. Our offerings are visible things. Abel's offering was a visible thing. When you understand that what you're letting go and offering to God was made by God to begin with, you can give more excellent offerings. Abel understood that I'm not letting go of anything that the supplier doesn't give me. So he's able to give more excellent offerings than Cain who didn't have faith in God, and therefore everything that he let go, he's like, I might not get this back. Imagine being at a waterfall and having a glass of water and feeling nervous about giving your glass of water to somebody else. That's what people without faith look like. Abel understood, I have faith in God, God is my waterfall. So I'm going to give a gallon of water to God because <laughs> the fall is right here. I'll be fine. So he gave a greater than Cain. His belief system was that there's no waterfall. Therefore, I can give you a, a spit's worth of water, and that's all I can afford to give you because there's no waterfall in my life. Abel, the reason why he was able to give, because it was by faith. And again, if you can't have faith in God without believing that he exists and that he's a rewarder. So Abel gave to God with the hope and belief that, A, you, you're real. And then, two, you're a waterfall. And you promised to reward me if I dil diligently seek you. So I, don't, I can give freely without anxiety. Cain wasn't able to do that because he didn't have the same faith. And then last one, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, which is unreal. It's amazing. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had his testimony that he pleased God. So Abel was willing to give more to God because he believed that God creates everything that he's giving. So, that, so there's always going to be more. Enoch had so much faith and pleased God so that God exempted him from death. And I think he's one of two people in the world that's ever, that's ever escaped death, he and Elijah, which is something I don't even fully understand. It's, it's beyond. But faith is pretty powerful. I can just tell you that much. And more importantly, faith pleases God. Verse 6 says, but without faith, 
it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Last verse, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah got a word from God, and since he had faith in God, he believed that he existed and that he believed he would reward him if he diligently went after him. So because he had faith, he began to act. Remember I told you when you have faith that the, in the lottery you keep on buying tickets, faith drives you to do things. So if God says, I'm about to destroy the world with water, and I need you to build me an ark, because Noah believed him, he started to build. And he saved not only himself, but he saved his family. And he saved, honestly, humanity. Humanity got to live on because of Noah. And I'm, bringing, I'm ending with that because God has given us a word. God has given us a word. He says he's coming back. And he's saying that this time it won't be water, but it'll be fire. And he's saying that those who don't believe in him will perish. So we have to learn how to walk by faith by those who've gone before us. And remember I said faith is evidence. Everyone has degrees of evidence they need to believe that something is true. Having faith in God is also having faith in his word. And I would pray, my prayer is that Nashville life become a people that if it's in the scripture, that's all the evidence we need. My prayer is that if it's written, if it is written, that's the evidence we need. That's all we need for us to start to move. So just like Noah had to prepare for the end, we need to prepare for the end. We need to get our house in order. We need to repent of our own sins and our own disobedience. And then as soon as we do that, we got to start telling people about the goodness of God. Because this time is limited. In church, if we don't take it seriously, if we don't take Jesus coming back as seriously as Noah took that he's going to send a flood, we're going to be on the wrong side of that revelation when it, when it happens. There were a lot of people who were on the wrong side of that revelation. When that first drop came and they could see what was happening and they remember that that random guy was building that boat that everyone thought was crazy, I don't want anybody in my life to be on the wrong side of that revelation. I want us to be on the side where we are in the ark, where we are saved, and not only are we saved, but others are saved as well. So as we walk by faith, we're going to pull a lot from these elders who've gone before us. And this script, this, this, this chapter, just so you know, is just accounts of people who've gone before us who lived by faith and accomplished endless possibilities. And my prayer is that we will be inspired by these elders who've lived by faith and that because of what they've done, we are inspired to do even more. So I'm going to ask us to stand. Like I said, guys, we are on the brink of a very important step for our church. And there is some uh, perceived delays. Um, according to our timeline, there are definitely delays. But we have to trust that God saw all of it. And that God knows what he's doing. My mom always has been saying during this process, every delay is in our favor. Every delay is in our favor. 
every delay is in our favor. And, and as annoying as that can be sometimes, because sometimes we want to be frustrated, sometimes we want to be mad, and we'd rather be mad, and we don't want to hear optimistic thoughts. But it's, but it's, it's how the faithful talk. If we're full of faith, we have to believe that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If we believe that, we have to see everything as a setup for our benefit, even bad things. The Bible doesn't just say all good things work together for the good. It says all things work together for the good. So again, this month is an invitation to not just have a measure of faith that you would have had regardless of your Christianity or not, but let's graduate to a fullness of faith. Let's be faithful. And the way we do that is we take that measure of faith and we put it in God. I'm going to make it even more specific and say our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the cool thing about Jesus. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So when you put your faith in Jesus, he's committed to take that little measure that you have right now and complete it to where it's mature and it's full and it's constant. And it's abundant. So I invite you all to put our faith in Jesus. Take that measure of faith. Take, I promise you, everybody has it here. Everyone has at least a small ability to be optimistic about what you haven't seen yet. And all I'm asking everyone to do today is take that little bit. Take that little bit that you have and go I'm going to take this measure and put it in that, the hope that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And I'm going to take a next step and say, okay, he, he sent his son named Jesus. And I'm going to believe that, 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 that Jesus is his son. Okay, and then that, so your, your, that little measure is starting to grow. Okay, I'm going to believe that he that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, like what the word says, and that he shed his blood that forgave me of my sins, and, and he rose from the grave so that I can live in victory. Okay, so your measure is starting to get bigger and more. It's about a quarter of your tank. And then you go, okay, I believe that he, 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 he poured out his Holy Spirit, and he told that he, he said, the word says that he would baptize us with fire, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive the fire so I, can, so I can do great. Okay, and then boom, that, that, that faith is coming up to this level. And then you start going, okay, he tells me to, to forgive those because if I don't forgive, then, then I won't be forgiven. So, so let me make a list of people I need to forgive. That faith is getting here. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 he told me to, to honor my, my, my mother and father, even though, even though my father was this and this and my mom was this and this. I'm going, if he said it, then it must be what I need to do. So, so, so I'm going to honor him. Okay, okay. So, okay, so he said, uh, he said to, oh, I just read something that where it says, turn the other cheek and to bless those who persecute you and, and bless those. And, ooh, that, that feels real strange. But, but if, the, if the Bible said it, then it must be true for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to start blessing those who, who hate me and bless those who I know want to kill me. Okay, so, oh, and the next thing you know, guys, you become faithful. Next thing you know, you become faithful and you join the faithful ones. So this is the first step. Let's, 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 let's take the first step and say yes to Jesus. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. 
Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's celebrate salvation. If you said yes to Jesus, let us know. Text uh, yes to Jesus, just Y-E-S-T-O, Jesus, to 77411. And what happens is when you text this, you'll just get... Uh, this little PDF with scriptures and support to let you know how, how to follow Jesus. And, and it might just be review for you. Who knows? I know I can use reviews. So, so please let us know. We would love to support you. Um, if you would like to get more connected to the church, we've got our next steps um, happening right after service. Our founding pastors will be leading that. We've got uh, our Connect booth out in, the, out in the back where you can get information that way. Um, if you would like prayer, you can go to our website and give prayer requests. Uh, our team prays for these um, every week. Uh, if you would like to come down tonight or today and get prayer, we've got two people that are going to be down here to pray for whoever needs prayer once we dismiss. Um, if you would like to give... An offering. We've got our finance team in the middle. They'd be happy to receive your offering. I thank you in advance. Um, and then before I go, I just want to remind us that life groups start this week. Some start today. Some actually start today. So go to the website, see what we offer. We would love to have you. We've got a, a nice variety for a very... Uh, multi-dimensional church, faceted church. There's a lot of different types of people here, lots of different interests here. So we're trying to serve and accommodate as much as we can. Um, so you're welcome to be a part of that. I'd love to see you at mine or one of the others. Let's pray at dismissal and then we'll, we'll go out to start a great Labor Day weekend or finish the Labor Day weekend. Uh, Father, thank you so much today. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for faith. Thank you for the invitation to be faithful. God, and I pray, Lord, that all of us.